This one ain't even about relationships. This one's about your kids. This one's about Western culture. I know I've mentioned it before, but it bears repeating. It's interesting to me that Western culture has a specific ideal. And see that I just talked about the ideals of relationship and marriage and that you need to do what's best for you. I told you my mantra is different strokes for different folks because the reality is we have told ourselves that we all have to be exactly the same in Western culture. It's even more funny when I look at the fact that Western culture is different in Europe than it is in America as it pertains to raising your children. See, for whatever reason that I have yet to read the book to explain to me in the United States, you have to raise your child be there every single day continuously invest wisdom knowledge time entertainment where you are participating with this child in order to be seen by anyone even including the child as a good parent you have to have a positive disposition towards your environment, your situation, your significant other who has to be the parent, the other parent of the child and have a good disposition towards the child in order to be a good parent. Follow me for a second. I'm about to explain to you what I'm talking about. See, a while ago, I realized that is very interesting that the United States was created the way it was. Every other country throughout the entire world has for a very long time, pretty much the entire history of the United States, sent their people here. People have left their families, their homes, to come to the United States for jobs no other reason this american dream is simply based off of i think i can get a job here where i'm from you got you literally have doctors who are thinking like where they are from they can't make as much money they can't practice the same way they can here so they come here. Like, imagine that. Can you even wrap your head around that? Doctors in the United States make so much money. They rarely leave to go to another country to live. Our most coveted positions, bankers, lawyers, scientists, politicians, from other countries go, hmm and come here and then get here and take jobs that aren't even their profession and stay here with the idea that they can be more free 
or make more money in the United States. And they leave their family and send money back home. I was in the military. This is the same common story you hear. There are actually people from other countries who don't have American citizenship who get U.S. citizenship because they join the military and they make money and they send money back home. What's funny is that other countries praise these individuals. A person who will come to the United States who's got a wife and four kids, who's got a husband, who's raising their children, who left their kids with their mother, their grandfather. They're praised for making this big leap to come to the United States to make money and send the money back home. Other countries do not care about how much love and affection you show to your children as long as you actually are there. You, sh you show up, you put in the time, you put in the effort, you financially attempt to support these children, you're constantly investing in their future. It doesn't matter if daddy's not nice to me. It doesn't matter if daddy isn't sweet to me, if he shows me all the love and affection. It doesn't matter if he's as good a daddy as the other daddy down the street. It doesn't matter if my mother is on drugs. It doesn't matter if she has a whole bunch of men constantly switching new boyfriends because she takes the time she puts in the effort I get fed I have clothes I go to school she takes the time out to help me with my school work she works two three jobs to make sure that we can survive she she takes some of the money to invest in things that I'm good at or I'm interested in so I can actually develop My dad somehow finds a way to be at every single event, even though he works so much. Whereas in the United States, we discount everything that parents do. Anything that a child can complain about, they complain about. We've created a society of complainers where if everything isn't perfect, it wasn't good enough. You know, I, I've observed this, how interesting it is that foreigners are like given so much love for coming to the United States, even if they leave their families. When they come home, it's a celebration. I don't know if there are ever discussions about the differences between how people feel in these situations. I don't know if there's a discussion where the kids come to the parents and go, you didn't do enough. 
But it's interesting to me to hear the complaints and how different this perspective is, right? It's so first thing first, right? In my eyes, I can't speak for other people. In my eyes, my father growing up was very stoic. He's a very strong, internalized black man. He, in my opinion, didn't show very much emotion. You know, if you heard him laugh or you saw him smile, that was the extent. You very rarely saw him sad. I very rarely ever saw him cry. I very rarely saw him being sensitive or intimate or emotional with my mother growing up. I saw him mad a lot, but I I felt like he very, you know, he was a very centered, internalized individual. What he used to tell me growing up and he told all my siblings, you'll understand why I did what I did and everything I've done for you when you grow up. And when you grow up, you'll thank me for it. You might not like it now. You might not be happy about it. You might not agree with it. You might not understand it. But when you grow up, you will, and you'll thank me for it. And I watched my two older sisters have their aha moment. I watched myself have that aha moment. I read the birthday cards and the Father's Day cards. I watched at Thanksgiving and Christmas when we'd have our sit down at the table and everybody would talk about what they're thankful for and what they appreciate and their lives and everything that's happening. I don't think I got to see my sister, my little sister's moment. But I'm sure she had one too. Because it was true. And so a lot of times I think that maybe we just focus so much on the negatives that we try to discount this moment, right? We must be. I like to watch these behind the scenes and documentaries and all that about celebrities. And it's always interesting to me. This year there have been a lot that I've observed, that I've seen, where, and I think it's just because we have this open world stage. Social media has created an ability for everybody to put a camera in front of them, don't need permission from anyone else, and get attention and notoriety for whatever they say, whether good or bad. So there's a lot of these celebrities' children who complain You know, in reality, from a lesser individual's perspective, you think, oh, they have everything in the world. You're the child of this celebrity. They have all this money. They have all this attention. They have all this power. They have this network that's so vast. They literally have an open network because all they need is for a person to recognize them to get benefits from someone else, even a stranger. And so we think, well, you you don't go without anything. You've probably never had a hard day in your life. But for them, 
Well, the hard thing was my parent wasn't there. They didn't understand me. They didn't do the things that I would have wanted them to do. A lot of times it seems like celebrities and their kids, the miscommunication is because since this person was a child, they grew up, they have all these morals, they have all these ideals, they have internalized all these experiences from their childhood, but they don't get to invest a lot of those beliefs, that structure, those morals into this child. So the child doesn't understand. You know, a lot of black celebrities talk about the fact that they used to be broke. Some of them were homeless. A lot of them grew up in bad situations. Their children don't grow up in those situations. So since they're not there constantly instilling these stories, these experiences, these things that they learned into this child, the child doesn't doesn't click. The same things that were taught to these celebrities as children, they try to teach their kids and they don't get it. And it's, a, it's the same experience a lot of us went through, that I want to give my child everything I didn't have. Well, the funny thing is now the kid has everything that they could possibly want, except more time with you but for whatever reason in the United States that's a bad thing because for whatever reason nothing is ever good enough I remember there was this one time I had gone to this event for school um, for my master's in marriage and family therapy. This is some years ago. We're doing a round table type thing, circled up, you know, everybody's talking. I don't even remember if that was the subject or not. I just remember us all telling stories about our family. And so for me, I was raised by my stepfather, not by my father. And so that was my story. And then, you know, different aspects of my life were part of my story and that somehow we ended up all kind of talking about you know those negative things oh I wasn't raised by this parent or I was raised by this parent or I was abused by this parent or I saw this parent on drugs or I saw this parent do this and we get to this Asian girl and I don't know exactly where her family is from but she tells us the story of how her father gave her everything she wanted came to this country worked really hard got a good job her mother also got a good job they raised her you know upper middle class They instilled all of these things into her. And the point of her story was that her father was very distant and very cold. That he didn't really show her affection. And she has realized that a lot of times this is the same experience she has with men. 
that she seeks out men or is attracted more often to men that are distant, that are cold. And so I've heard and read things like this many a time. And I thought about my own daughter. And I thought about what is she learning from me by me not being with her mother? She is accustomed to this constant, I'm here, I'm gone. She's constantly observing me showing up and then leaving. And so this this was, you know, two-part. Because on one side, the entire room is holding back their laughter. I think even was funny because the second day when we come back, we talk about it again, and she sort of had an epiphany, and we sort of had a moment of telling her, like, this is not comparable. We're telling this Asian girl, like, you know, you got people in here who are talking about how their parents were on drugs, their parents were suicidal, their parents were depressed, their parents were broke, they were homeless, they were struggling, they weren't raised by their father, they weren't raised by their mother, they haven't seen this person at all, and you're saying you were raised in an upper-middle-class, two-parent home with both parents there, both of your parents are still together, they didn't get divorced after you grew up, and you're crying in this class, pouring your heart out, telling us that your heart, your life was hard because your father wasn't sensitive and emotional enough, and, you know, you weren't able to talk to him the way you wanted But then on the other side, you also have to credit what she's saying about her interactions with men now because this is her interaction with her father. She's not looking for someone who's emotionally open because she doesn't know how to interact with that person. She's not looking for someone who's constantly there. She's looking for someone who's distant. So when she meets a guy who continuously is present and wants to talk and is emotionally available, it bothers her. She doesn't know what to do with it. And it's not easy for me to overlook that. Number one, because I have a daughter of my own, but number two, because that's not the experience anyone else is having. That is simply an experience of the United States. We can't even credit it to Western culture because like I said, Europe. In the, in the history of this country, Europeans have always sent people here. People come here to get a college degree from every country in the entire world. People come here to find a job. People come here to join our military. And yet, you don't hear this experience happening. Now, this, this Asian girl was raised here in the States. 
but it's as if it's accepted in other cultures to the extent that it doesn't affect them. I find it interesting. So I see this interview with Jamie Foxx and his daughter, and they're saying some of the same things, you know. He's working a lot. He comes home. He wants to spoil his daughter. He thinks that he's doing a good job. I I make all this money. I come home. You have everything you could possibly need or want. You never go without food. You never go without clothes. You get a good education. Every time I come home, I want to take you on a vacation. I want to take you on a trip. I want to buy you things. I want to spoil you. The kid smiles because the kid's getting toys. They're going to Disneyland. They're all they're spending time with dad. It seems like everything's good, right? But then the kid grows up and says, I didn't feel like he understood me. I didn't feel like we were close. I knew he loved me, but I wanted him to be there. You know, a child brags. A child is proud. A child watches, you know, a celebrity's movies, TV shows, listens to their music, tells their friends. But then the adult somehow has completely changed this perspective to the negative. You know, you you look at other people's parents and you realize, well, they have more time with the kids, but they have less money. See, for me, I think the difference was because I grew up with a diverse community around me. I grew up with friends of mine as kids around the corner having a traditional home where their father worked and their mother was there all day long. I got to see middle class black people. I got to see lower class black people. I got to see, you know, people who had internationals who had moved here for a job or for education who planned to go home, people who stayed. I got to see first, second, third generation. And so I think the perspective was a little bit different for me growing up because I got to see and hear all these different stories. So yeah, you know, there were times where I was upset when I compared, oh, why are my parents like these parents? But for whatever reason, I grew up and saw them more positively. And I grew up and saw them as flawed. And now having a child of my own, I can even see my biological father who didn't raise me and I haven't you know, even had a conversation with more than a handful of times in my entire life as flawed. And I'm not expecting them to be perfect and blaming and judging. So it's interesting. 
It's very interesting to see how people see these things. I mean, of course, my, well, what would you suggest is always balance. But on this topic, I think that it goes deeper than that because our culture is teaching us, is teaching children to appoint our judgments upon our parents. It's funny because I saw a video the other day where the guy says, every animal, the thing that they need to survive, they're given at birth. And he's talking about how a lot of mammals from birth can walk. And maybe within a couple of hours, if not a couple of days, can run. You know, you you see like lions and tigers. They come out with claws and teeth. The ability to rip apart meat. I thought about birds and humans. Now, he went a different direction, but I thought about how a human being cries and yells. And I thought, from birth, human beings are selfish. We are very self-absorbed. Our entire concept of reality is something should be giving me what I want and what I need from birth that the child the baby doesn't care about the parents doesn't care about you at all all they know is your job is supposed to be or even if the concept of a job isn't there my expectation of you because you've been doing it is that since you've been the one feeding me you're going to keep feeding me Since you're the one who's been buying me stuff, you're going to keep buying me stuff. Since you're the one who X, Y, Z. And then the child grows up, observes other kids, observes other parents, and then goes, why don't you do those things? Why can't I do what these other kids do? Why can't I have what these other kids have? Why don't you behave the way this other parent does? I like this. The child never thinks about the negative things, only the positives, and takes the positives back home and says, I should get these. This should be how this is for me as well. Because see, I've never heard of or seen a child come home and go, Dad, so-and-so's dad beats them, smacks them in the face. How come you don't do that? Mom, so-and-so's told me that their mother was boiling a pot of white rice, and when they got in an argument, threw the white rice on their face, and now half their face is burnt up. How come you've never done that to me? But a child will come home and say, so-and-so has a bike, a scooter, a PlayStation. Why don't I have one? 
So-and-so's dad takes them fishing, skating. How come we don't do that? When are you going to do that for me? So-and-so's mom made them a cake for their birthday. Why can't you make a cake like this for my birthday? So-and-so's parents let them stay up till this time, gives them this money. And I think that's really what the experience is that's happening here. For whatever reason in the United States, number one, we're overly obsessed with comparing and trying to capture, aspire, purchase what everyone else has. No one's ever happy with what they have. No one's ever grateful or appreciative. It's a, we live in a capitalist society obsessed with consumption. And so we are insatiably striving to get as much as we possibly can from everyone. Like I just said, remember? The child is selfish. It doesn't care that you're sick. It doesn't care that you're hurt. It doesn't care how many hours you are at work. It doesn't care how tired you are. It doesn't care how much money is in your bank account. It's completely unconcerned. At some point in time, you actually have to teach the child because if you never teach them, they will never care. An 18-year-old will ask you for something that they think, why can't you buy? Because if you never teach them where you actually are financially, they will think it's okay. Certain communities, maybe you'll learn it based off of the people around you. But as, you know, for example, like comedian Dave Chappelle was talking about the fact that he didn't know he was poor. In his mind, he doesn't think he was poor. But then as he grew up, he realized that he lived in a nice neighborhood, but he was the poorest kid in the neighborhood. And you hear a lot of comedians talk about things like that. Oh, we grew up in a poor community but we weren't poor. So I didn't quite, you know, this, this sort of cognitive dissonance, trying to tell yourself who you are while realizing that you might not be who you think you are. So the child goes, well, you have money, don't you? You have a job. You can't afford this. The child is very selfish and doesn't realize that it shouldn't be and believes that everything about them is what you made them and what you created the child believes that everything they are you are to blame that everything they have or didn't have you are to blame they don't care about the system They don't care about prejudice. They don't care about genderism, racism, ageism, sexism. They don't care about obstacles. They don't care about flaws. They don't even, most children aren't even aware enough to realize that the same way everything they have or don't have, they see you as the reason you 
do the same thing to your parents and your parents do the same thing to your grandparents and so on and so forth. No one looks at it that way. Children don't even see their parents individually if their parents raise them together. They see them as one unit. Well, if mom has money, dad must have money. Well, if mom has a good family, dad must have a good family. It's not until you grow up that you start looking at them and listening to these stories and replaying memories and going, oh. And I think that's very interesting. I think that's something that's worth a discussion. I remember growing up, a lot of times we compared our lives to families and people on TV. I know that's got to be way more intense now. I just think that's a question to ask why. Why is it that here... Everything's supposed to be perfect. But everywhere else, things don't have to be. I think people still have the same experiences, the same stresses. But for whatever reason, we don't accept it the way other people do. It's not a cultural norm. The United States seems to be ever-changing. There is no cultural norm except the baseline except whatever the fantasy is I guess there's no really right answer for this like I said balance is always great but this is a complex conversation but the reality is different strokes for different folks So we have to, in ourselves, normalize that. You as an individual, then you as a a partner, as the co-parent, then you as a parent, then you to the child, constantly teaching them this idea that we don't all have to be the same, but you should be happy with what you have. And like I said, You'll appreciate it when you grow up. I think one thing that if I had to take from my life to teach to another person, you need to tell your kids these stories. You need to tell them the truth. You need to let them be open-minded. We obsess over kids being kids, which I think is also a very strange Western cultural concept. Because in other countries, kids don't get to be kids sometimes. You know, you get to be a kid here, but in another situation, you know, as they say, there's a season for everything, for whatever reason, we don't have that ideal. A kid can be a kid in this situation, but might need to be a little bit more mature in another situation. See, we have that thought process when it comes to school. Because a kid comes home from school, 
plays, runs around, whatever. But at school, structure. Recesses for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. That's when you get to be a kid. Go back to structure. Be a kid when you go home. But yet, we don't like that in other scenarios. You tell a parent, you need to talk to your children and teach them things about life. Talk to them as if they are the adult you're trying to teach them to be. Oh no, that's that's too mature, that's too serious. You know, I don't wanna talk to them about that. I don't wanna tell them who I am thus helping them to better understand who they are because that's that's too real let them be a kid for now we'll talk about reality and life when they grow up and I don't think that's good and I'm not sitting over here pointing the figure because you know it's not like I'm the perfect parent and I don't think I do enough or have enough of these discussions but that would be my advice when I look at my own life I think a lot of us, our parents didn't didn't tell us enough, didn't explain enough to us. Everything we learned was from either observation, which perspective is always, you know, askew from what truth is. We try to make sense of things that we see and we hear and might not be right about it. And then of course, What do kids do? We get together with our peers and we talk about what we all observed. And we try to make sense of it together. I think that that's really the key here. Because the truth is, like I said, it's twofold. Is that girl wrong? for feeling like she wished she'd have been closer to her father? No. Is she wrong for constantly feeling like she's more interested in men who remind her of her father and the interactions they had? No. But coming to this conclusion, what do you do with that information? Do you continually blame your father for his part that he played? Or do you now, as an adult, try to create a better relationship? Do you continue to get into relationships where you feel emotionally triggered, where you're having trauma from your childhood being raised by your father? Do you continuously push people away who are too available, too open? Or do you now realizing who you are and what has happened, do something about it? Or is the reality that, hey, different strokes for different folks, there's nothing wrong with being with a person who might not be so open. What if in the reality you are your mother and the man you need needs to be like your father? How well do you know yourself? 
because maybe the truth is you just don't actually want someone who's emotionally smothering, who's open and talkative and wants to communicate. And maybe you actually want that stoic individual. Of course, this is just an example. But you can apply it to any scenario. Hopefully you understand what I'm trying to explain. come back to the ending conclusion of consistency communication and different strokes for different folks trying to be as balanced as possible and having an understanding of who you are as an individual these are the most important things <laughs>